heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Usually on Sundays, folks, we watch football, but on this Sunday, we're going to talk football. And joining me for the first time here on episode number 169 of YWC Football Talk is fellow Patriots fan, McGarvin, Patriots POV, best, best, basically the best Twitter bio I think I've seen as well, where it's just a dude with Wi-Fi talking about the New England Patriots. So how, how are we doing today, my man? Oh, uh, we are, we're doing well. It's a great Sunday. It's, it's hot as hell over in, uh, here in Massachusetts, you know, it's like, yeah, 90 something degrees today, but we're here. We're talking Patriots. It's no better way to spend a Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. And before you know it, there's only like, I think 24 more, week, uh, less than, I think it's like 24 more Sundays until we actually get to watch them play. And we'll talk about oh, that dude, in a that's bit. not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's like when you get to like February, it's always like that painful, oh, it's so here. But then that's the thing with the NFL. For as quickly as we wait for the season to come, it just quickly goes away from us just as quick. Yep, yep. But before we get into anything else, uh, there's something that came up this week, and I wanted to address it before we talk about draft and everything else, and that's the whole Greg Bedard stuff. Like, I want to get okay. your gauge on it and see how much do you believe into it, or do you just buy it's completely false and he's just trying to get clicks? So with Greg Bedard in general, I don't really, I don't follow him. I don't, I, I see his tweets because, you know, there are people who, you know, quote tweet him all the time to dunk on him. And he always has some, some take. Um, I think he's someone who's probably plugged in. I wouldn't know otherwise, but I think a lot of what he says may maybe a little exaggerated because it's good for content. Um, I think I, I, that's kind of how I feel about a lot of these, like, you know, hot take artists. You got a uh, DJ Bean, the guy from radio, obviously. It's like, all right, well, they're just doing their job, and their job is to generate clicks, generate you know talking points. As far as the whole, this week it was the whole, oh, the you know, veteran players are concerned about the coaching structure or, or whatever that is. Um, I'm not putting any credence to that because I feel like that's something that makes for good drama. And if it makes for yeah. good drama, I think it's too convenient. I'm like, oh, how convenient that like, you know, the veterans happen to be pissed off, and it just happens to work. You know, and as we enter the off season for you to, you know, get your, you know, publication a bunch of clicks or, you know, get eyeballs on your on your program. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I don't think we'll ever know the truth. I mean, they could be they then players could absolutely be upset about, you know, the coaching structure or whatever. I don't think that's something that fans necessarily should worry about because I, I don't know about you, but I don't have the inputs of like, okay, here's what the offensive coordinator does at nine AM and here's what he does at nine thirty two, you know, so it's like None of that stuff is going to affect me. None of that is none of that stuff is stuff that I'm privy to anyway. So if the players are upset about it, the players, you know, will voice that and they'll, you know, work through it however it is that they work through it. And I think though coming off of the end of last year when there were talks like the defense was so confused, I think that kind of sparked the whole, you know, eyes on the coaching staff or worried about well who's the coordinator or who has this title, who has that title. I think that report generated it. And I think this is just another uh form of that, but this time for the offense. Yeah, I think it's the exact same thing. I think it's just a way for people to overreact in May because this is truly – like I always say that with the NFL, like there's not really an offseason. There's just like three stuff because like obviously after the season, look, we go right into the combine, free agency, et cetera, et cetera. But then the now yeah. it's really like that dead of the offseason where I feel like if you can create a headline that will like really spark like really spark interest or just spark people's attention, hey, look, yeah. you're doing your job as a journalist, but at the same time too for you and I who's the comment – like look, we podcast about the Patriots, you and I both. But we're not plugged into the. I, I don't know if you're how plugged into the team you are, but by that I mean like. No, I'm just some dude with Wi-Fi, as we say. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Same. I'm just a dude with Wi-Fi, a mic, and a camera, and a yep. Twitter account who likes to talk football. <laughs> but I feel like for us, it's something, or even for the common Patriots fan, don't be concerned if people are just kind of raising these things in May. If this is coming up in October or November, a bit of a different story. But for right yeah. now, for me, it's kind of like one of those things where it feels like chill, chill. Like, I, I never expected you, by the way, to know if you – or ask if you listen to them. I just saw it and figured if people are starting to talk about this and everyone's trying to make those clickbaity headlines of reporters says Patriots do this. And I've seen a lot of people who I follow and you follow too who kind of like see right through it because yeah. that's the one thing. The more I'm plugged into – and I also say this because I feel like whenever you describe a fan base now, instead of saying, oh, Patriots fans, Bills fans, you say Patriots Twitter. That's how I feel yep. like you describe a fan base now. And with that, I feel like with Patriots Twitter, a lot of them, uh, the more and more people I've gotten to know, the more and more of them tell me, hey, look, whenever Boston Radio says something, like, is Mac Jones on the hot seat? On the hot seat. And yeah. Mike Giardi comes in just basically being like, yeah, no, no, they love Mac. Bailey Zappi's just yeah. in basically what I thought he was, which was, look, Jared Sidham's days were numbered and they didn't buy into And Brian back. Hoyer's on the wrong side of 35. So, you know, let's, you know, let's look for a fat man. People from other fan bases were co- like coming at me being like, as I tweet when we re-signed him, I was like, I-, I liked it because it's just a good mentor for Mac to have. People are like saying, I can't believe someone's this happy for a backup QB. And I'm just like, I am just because Mac, like, it's just cool that Mac have someone there that he can really yeah. lean on and for perspective, yep. been in that system for so long. Um, but with the draft, though, like, look, it was really weird. That's why I put the, the headline for now, Strange yeah. and True, is the, the title of this podcast because, look, and also fitting because he hopefully he wears 69. Because I was telling my fiance uh, yeah, yesterday, <laughs> if he wears that number and it's strange, I think I gotta buy the jersey just because. Even if he's yeah, of course. <laughs> even if the pick doesn't pan out, it's just it's it's like for the meme for the lulls kind of thing. But yeah. with the draft overall, you and I said it's best off air. It's May. Don't overreact to it now. But when you look at all these players, like there's a few bit of them I see where there is potential to make an impact on this roster. I don't know. If I yeah. Yeah, so I think with the the draft class, my feeling as a whole was good player, weird pick. Um, yeah, just because there there were a lot of a lot of picks where I was like, yeah, I like that player, didn't like him there. Um, but I think uh, this past draft was a lesson in in I guess consensus big boards. It was one of those like everyone's like, oh, the Patriots deviated from the big board, and it was the first year that I heard everyone talking about the big board. But then as we got into day two, more and more teams were quote-unquote reaching which i had i sent out a tweet like well at this point whatever big board you're looking at throw it in the garbage because it's not it's not in line with the nfl's thinking we had players like wandale uh wandale robertson out of uh kentucky he was he went in the second round to the giants and that was way earlier yeah way earlier than pretty much everyone had him myself included i'm like well good player weird (laughs) weird to take him here but i think on the whole that's how he's drafted out i thought cole strange was a good pick i, I had him in the third round um kind of like everyone else but i don't have like grades like oh well he's a you know 72.8 that way you know he falls in the third round it was just more categorically like this is a player who probably won't start his entire rookie year so but he can't contribute in spots so that's a player that i'd realistically take in the third round kind of sort of kind of thing i mean it was kind of the same thing there taekwon i know i liked him more than other people i know um dame brugler had him in the fifth round and so a lot of people were like, he's a fifth round receiver. I personally, I thought he was a third uh, third round receiver. Same kind of thing of, I don't think he'll start every game for you his rookie year, but he'll contribute in stocks. And that's the kind of player you would take in the third round or how that's how I view it anyway. So I liked that pick. Um, Marcus Jones, I think everyone kind of liked in general. I, I thought that was a great pick. I think he's a hell of an athlete. Um, he's small, but I mean, with Gunnar Oshesky out, they don't really have a returner. You have Ty Montgomery. He's, I mean, 
he's more a kick returner than a punt returner anyway. I think uh, Marcus Jones can do both. I like Jack Jones. I think he's a he's a sleeper. Um, and I liked where they took him as well. I know again it was another oh man he's so small he's so small and I'm like I don't know he's a good player though like at at some point I think we need to evaluate or weigh the whole good player versus like you know where they land on the consensus big board or whatever because I don't think the play, the Patriots took a bad player like I don't think there are many players they took where I was like eh, I don't really like that. I think um Harris the running back they took in the I think sixth round or in the fifth round I didn't love him but that was like what the one of the one of the players the other players i was like it's a good player he probably he'll probably now he has a skill set it's just you know where where they fell on the board um that people um, had an issue with but i think the players they took have a chance to contribute yeah i i feel the exact same way and also too we kind of got to understand look what you think to what bill belichick thinks two totally different things and i know now yep. there's all the yep. articles where it's like has he lost it has he is he's a horrible executive yada 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 but i'm just like if you look at last year's draft class there was articles that just came out recently where I think it was PFF was basically they were yeah. raving about it. So yep. it's just like, okay, let the process work itself out. Like even last year yeah. too, where how you felt about Ty- Tyquan Thornton for this year, that was me last year for Andre Stevenson. Even though he yeah. did get into some games, he did contribute. He wasn't all that guy. Like I remember some people drafting him in fantasy and I told them, I'm like, okay, proceed with caution with that because Belichick likes to uh, redshirt yeah. a lot of rookie running backs. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then I feel like with our running back picks this year, I think it's more or less just a general, you know, in case Damian Harris leaves, I don't think James yep. White's hundred percent yet. So it's kind of like insurance. Right. Same thing Definitely. with Cole Strange. And then Cole Strange too, obviously Phil's needed guard. And then the, and then yep. the cornerbacks, both the Jones boys, Phil needs there. And then the Bailey Zappi one, it's like I said before, it's just, he's an insurance policy. That's all yeah. Bailey Zappi is. He'll probably be here for a few years. And then by 2025, he's going to get a chance to probably start on another team somewhere in the NFL. Yeah. But I also feel like, too, with a lot of these NFL draft classes, you can't grade them right away. You no, it, it, it you doesn't wait. make any sense. It, absolutely. And one, I think it's it's wild that we get, like, up to the minute picks, like, where it's like, oh, you know, a, a player was picked at 8.09, and at 8.10, we have a, you know, a big article from Bleacher Report, like, oh, well, here's the grade on the pick. And I'm like, well, how are you grading the pick? It's almost like with, with, with you know, post, post-draft draft pick grades – it's a matter of like how close did this team to my own evaluation, right? If I really like a player, I really like say I like Kenny Pickett. I really love Kenny Pickett. I stand on the table for Kenny Pickett. Steelers took him at what twenty? Yeah, I'm gonna like the I'm gonna I'm gonna give it that grade. And like Kenny Pickett. If I didn't like Kenny Pickett and they took him at twenty, he's gonna get a bad grade. The player, nothing about the player changed. I just don't like the player. Therefore, the grade is lower. So it's, I think again, it's it's kind of like the whole break where it's like. This is just for content, and I understand that because you know your your job is to make you know to squeeze twelve months of content out of a you know a six month you know football cycle. So it's like, yeah, of course, yeah. it's good for content, but uh, let, let's pump the brakes here. We're grading players who we have not seen on their college tape, and it's based on nothing more than your own evaluations. Exactly, you you nailed it on the head. It's one of those things where look. You think you how you see the player in college because obviously, like the transition from college to the NFL, it's a very big leap. Where yeah. a lot of them say, "Hey, look, I know you worked your butt, your excuse me, you worked your butt off to get here. Now you got to work even harder to keep that position." And also, the yeah. other thing to factor in with a lot of these draft classes, the one thing I always like to point out is that there's more undrafted guys in the Hall of Fame than there are first round drafted picks, guys. Still, yep, yeah, that still boggles my mind. Like I think of guys like John Randall right away, and then yeah. some other guys who come up immediately. Where it's not about hey. You can impress the draft all you want, but then it's once you get to the league and what kind of impact you make. So for right now, yeah. look, you can say teams took the right picks to fill needs, kind of like what the Jets did. 
But then yeah. there's other people, and they look at the Patriots. It's like, oh, what are they doing? This and this is their division's not bad. People were messaging me being like fourth place Patriots, where I'm like, if Bill Belichick could have taken what we had two years ago, make that team win seven games and be on the playoff yeah. Yeah. until week 15, I am not concerned about the 2022 right. the Patriots. Exactly right. I think this um, draft class, I was thinking about it um, last night. I was thinking, and I was like, this draft class really feels like they're building on the 2020 draft class because there were yeah. positions of need that – you know, everyone's like, oh, the Patriots win it. They need a linebacker. They need a linebacker. They need a corner. They need safeties. They need this, that. They need an edge rusher and all that. And they, I mean, addressed some of it, left a lot of it unaddressed. And I think that's because their 2020, uh, 2021 draft class had all of those players. I think they really think, and this, you know, for, for good or bad, for better or worse, pardon, that their 2020 draft class is going to contribute, uh, 2021 draft class is going to contribute in that way. I think, oh, we didn't take an edge rusher. We really needed an edge rusher. Well, last year we took Ronnie Perkins. He didn't play a single game, but we believe in Ronnie Perkins. Oh, they need a nice speedy linebacker. We took Cam McGrown, and he didn't play last year. He's going to play this year, so we don't need a linebacker. We have Cam McGrone, and so on and so forth down the line. Even someone like Sean Wade, who technically wasn't part of their draft class, but he was a rookie, and he was you know their rookie from the start of the year on. I think that's another player that they're looking at, like, well, you know, let's see what we have in Sean Wade. I think the the team as a whole got much younger, um, much faster than anyone anticipated, so it's a lot of hand-wringing because we're not sure if these guys are going to pan out. Oh, they're unproven. But I mean, sort of, all graphics are unproven. So if if you're thinking, well, we have to draft a linebacker because Cameron Groen's unproven, whatever linebacker you draft is also unproven. He's not played in the NFL. So you can say like, yeah, no, no Kobe Dean is a slam dunk linebacker. And I do believe that myself. I think, yeah, he's probably going to be a really good player, but he's also unproven the same way that Cameron Groen is unproven. So this idea that like, you have to draft someone because the guy you got last year is unproven. So the guy you're going to get this year. So what are we, what are we really talking about here? And we all knew too, the camera Grove wasn't going to play in 2021 because he tore his ACL yep. in November of 2020. So we obviously knew, look, that's a redshirt draft pick, yep. but I know there's people from Michigan who are really high on him. And Hey, look, if Bill Belichick's high on someone in the system, we're going to believe him. I'm like, look at, look at Kyle Duggar. It's the same thing. No, yeah. like everyone yeah. thought, I think people thought, oh, you just took him. You took this random guy because Xavier McKinney went right before him to the Giants. And then, no, we got a hard-nosed safety who's going to go in yep. there and just produce help, even get into the occasional fist fight with Michael Pittman. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, the, the number pick was one that was really interesting because it was it was really quickly how quickly it unfolded, how it unfolded yeah. on the, the timeline. It was, you know, Duggar was picked. The immediate response was, who's that? And they, immediately after that, he sucks. And I'm like, hold on, you didn't even know who he was 10 seconds ago. Well, ESPN didn't have any highlights for him, so he must be terrible. And I'm like, that's really not how it works, especially because if you're plugged in on the draft, you knew this was a player that most people had around the third best safety in the class. So at that point, yeah, you take the third best safety in the class. Sure, you haven't heard of him, but that's not – that doesn't really mean anything, especially coming from people who – and this is one of my – my major pet peeves, people who love to go on Twitter and say, well, I don't watch college football. It's not good enough. And then once draft time rolls around, they're like, well, I've never heard of this player. And I'm like, because you don't watch college football. Like, you know, like, what do you want me to say there? Like, if you don't know, if you don't watch any of the incoming draft picks, then you're not going to know anything about them. So you're just going based on name or on what the ESPN highlights show you. And I'm like, that's really not the way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's like what the NFL Network does, because this year I actually have to watch all three days of the draft because I am – I unfortunately was in health and safety protocol like the, the week of the draft. So what do I do when I'm in, when I'm isolating and literally watch all three days. And they have that game on the NFL network. Cause I, I kind of like their coverage better. I don't know why it's just, yeah. just what I, I prefer, but they had the stop the truck game where basically they go through and they find like the most random prospects and 
I think there's only like maybe one or two players they did not have. So these guys, they, they're ready and they know their stuff. And I love your comment about how people can go, oh, I don't watch college football, but oh, this guy's going to be a bust, where it's like, you're just setting yourself up yeah. for a double standard. Like yeah, if someone like, tweeted that at me, it's double standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're basing this off what someone on TV is saying. Now, look, a lot of yep. those times, look, I'm not denying those guys are right or wrong. There's a lot of them that, look, they know their stuff, but at the same time, too, you're not every analyst isn't going to hit a home run on every single analysis that they do. You got to wait and see what these guys do, because there's a guy that look at last year, no one knew what Mac Jones was going to be. Hell, I was even a little weary on Mac Jones because yeah. of the Alabama history. You know, a lot of those guys, they come out of school. Yeah, they, they come out and they don't do a thing. Yeah. 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 So I, I think then, that's fair to be skeptical. And then I, and then he comes to my team and then I, I flip the switch and everyone's kind of like, okay, why are you doing that? And I'm like, look, he's on the Patriots. I'm going to support him. I'm not going to, yeah, if I don't agree with the pick, I don't agree with the pick. But like, I'm not gonna totally shit on the guy. I'm gonna support yeah. him and hope he does. Hope he does good for the team. Like, and then there's picks like Christian Barmore, which I was jumping up and down for last year. Oh, uh, I was uh, that was ecstatic because I'd been on on Barmore because my favorite, um, of course, my favorite college football team is Alabama. Oh yes, Patriots fan, Alabama fan, whatever. Uh, but I, I during the the playoff run to the championship uh, the year prior, I was so I was just like. They need to get Christian Barmore, whatever it takes. Like, if you have to take him at 15, take him at 15. Like, I, I don't care what you have to do, get Christian Barmore. And when he fell to the second round of the Patriots, I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe this is actually happening. That was, uh, that was, that was so exciting. Exactly. And with the Patriots brand, I know a lot of people are saying, the whole, oh, it's just Tom Brady, it's this or this. Um, yeah. There was that thing that was circulating because a Bills fan tweeted it about this photo brings me so much joy and every Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. Where it was, that was like, so bad. Yeah, where it was like, yeah, so the scores of those games was here was 31 to 31 because the Patriots <laughs> kicked their ass at Gillette. And then Tom's won five Super Bowls since that yeah. exact thing. Like, yeah. even, like, even that brought me back even right away to the book that's over there by, I haven't read the Seth Wickersham one, but I have the Jeff Benedict one and I absolutely love yeah. it. Where basically Tom Jackson shit on Bill. Bill wins the Super Bowl, goes to the ESPN desk, and basically, I think he gave the bird to Tom Jackson. Basically, <laughs> like, Fuck you. And he's just like, I love that. Everything you said. It's just like, that's what it is for the Patriots. But the Patriots brand as a whole is still alive because guess what, folks? We have five primetime games this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, as much as I wanted more four yeah. o'clock games, we got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of primetime games i'm like you know what that's fine that they think you know they think the patriots will play well and i think i agree i think the patriots will play well in all those primetime games because all the all of the you know the marquee spots they played this year were good games even if the results weren't like the the cowboys cowboys um cowboys in week what week six was that that was a four o'clock game and that game was one of the best games of the year you know what i mean so you know, I, I I think people are weary. They're like, oh, Mac Jones is boring to watch. Oh, the Patriots are expensive. It's not exciting. La, la, la. The Patriots play a lot of really good games, and I think people people are aware of that. They don't want it to be true, and so their knee-jerk reaction is to, you know, immediately, oh, no, the Patriots are done. The dynasty's over. It's dead. No one cares about your team. And it's like, well, the NFL schedule makers kind of disagree there. Yeah, like, we all know, like, look, we're not coming on saying, look, look, Mac's going to win, and we're going to have 12 banners. At the, yep. I don't I'm, – yeah. I'm, I'm obviously, like, we talked off air, and I told you I'm coming to Gillette this year, but – which end zone, if it's the north end or the south end where all the banners are, because I know there's one end that's under construction right now, and then there's the one yeah. end that's the new video board and everything like that. But it's not like we're coming on saying, yeah, you know what, six banners. Like, I've even seen some people go like, oh, Patriots flex six rings, like Yankees fans flex 27. And I'm like, that's not true, because last year, no Patriots fans going into the year being like, we're winning the Super Bowl, this and that. Look, right, right. The best. 
we know we're we know we're probably the second team right now. I I, yep. I still think the Jets are a year or two away, and Miami. We'll see what happens, but I still I still got to see to make that leap. That is so, not a team that I believe in in any way. I yeah. think the Jets um, will probably. I think the Jets have a worse roster, but I think they have a better situation um, yes. with regards to their. Uh, I think Zach Wilson's quarterback. Tagovailoa, uh, um, and I think that will you know, bear itself out. I think you, they went out there and they, you know, got they got Tyreek Hill, they got these defensive uh, defensive players to try to like build a team around Tua. But I think you can try to build your team around, you know, a subpar quarterback if you want. And you, you can probably get decent results, but I don't think you're going to, you know, really contend for the division if you're if you're not if you can't if you don't trust your quarterback to make the plays now i don't know if you know mike mcdaniel you know how how he envisioned his offense for tua but it was clear that brian flores and his his you know his team they played they played i don't want to say conservatively but they played you know protect the tua where it's like yeah. short easy passes let's let's just try to you know let's not let tua fuck it up for us and i think that's what they needed to do because he's just not a very polished player in the nfl at this point and so I have a question for you then. So what's your reaction going to be then when two, uh, Tyreek Hill burns our cornerbacks but gets overthrown the ball? What's your reaction going to be when that happens? <laughs> I mean, I, I will probably just tweet LOL. Um, I, I do like two. I, I really do. But I, I, I guess, I, you know, I don't think he has. I mean, he has it. But it's a matter of, like, I think I'll pro- I, I, I probably will not be very gracious about it because I think Dolphins fans have been – damn near insufferable um ever since the Tyreek Hill trade there you know there look at us we have Waddle we have we we have Tyreek Hill just watch blah, 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 blah. I'm like your team's still mid bro like what are we talking about here yeah and also <laughs> I say I've said this too since the schedules come out that I like it better that we go down there when it's still going to be hot rather than yeah. going down there when we're used to the New England temper New England cold and then have to acclimate to the Miami the Miami winter if you want to uh, call it completely, yeah and also, look at the last agree. time we went down there in September. We won forty-three nothing. I'm not saying it's going to happen week one, but <laughs> and I, it's mostly just like I, I know the Patriots are going to. Um, they always struggle in Miami. I'd rather yeah. struggle out of the gate, get all the hot takes out. You know, by September twelfth, get all get all the hot takes out and move on with the season because it, it is what it is. I think every year they go down to Miami, they don't play well. Um, outside of that one um, year, 2019, they uh, played yeah. really well down there, but. They don't generally play well in Miami, and it's just a matter of everyone, you know, everyone's going to, re- you know, overreact to it. And I'd, I'd rather get that overreaction at the beginning than at the end, like we did, you know, in 2019 or even in 2017. It wasn't that late, but that was the Brandon Cooks game where he couldn't get off the press from Xavier uh, Xavier Howard, and everyone, um, everyone's like, "Oh, the Patriots, nothing. They have nothing. There's nothing going on." It's like, yeah, they went down to Miami, they play trash, you know, whatever. Like, but it was later in the year, so it was the overreaction was way worse. Where it's just like, yeah, we thought this team was good. They're actually ass. And I'm like, no, we're just overreacting to a, a bad Miami loss, which happened damn every year. Which Brendan Cooks actually had one of my favorite touchdowns in that season, the game, week three against Houston, the shootout where we, did, we thought we were going to win. Yes, the, yeah. Yeah, the toe tap at the end. Yes. Ah, incredible. That was incredible. The I random, love the Brendan Cooks here. Yeah, the Tom Brady highlight Twitter account's a very deep rabbit hole. I go down. Down, yes. Yes. Yeah. Tom Brady also had a really good um a really good touchdown pass that uh the year after 2018. That was the um in Miami he threw that beautiful beautiful touchdown pass to Cordero Patterson and I I think about that every uh yeah and sometimes I'll wake up in a cold sweat like oh, I can't believe Tom threw that that's amazing. <laughs> that's me with the also the Kembrell Tompkins one from 2013 against. The oh my gosh, goosebumps! Still still get goosebumps because I I remember watching that game and I was like, there's no way it was like a minute and twenty some odd seconds left. Patriots just gave the ball back and I'm like, this is, this is, this is, 
wrap it up. Like this is this is a loss. That twenty thirteen year was magic. Yeah, that was a, tr- a truly magical year. But with twenty twenty two though, I have it right here. Games to circle. Like, is there any game on your count? Like when you look at the schedule that you've like circled or like you're paying close attention to, or the fact that we somehow I know we talked about the primetime thing earlier, but yeah. we have four primetime games in a row basically where we don't play at one o'clock from like November twentieth till Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking at the schedule, my first um, the first game that I circled, I always find the Thanksgiving game. I'm like, all right, who, who's yeah. playing on Thanksgiving? And, and it happens to be the Pats this year. They play Minnesota. Um, and that one's circled because I think it, I think it's going to be grisly because I don't think Minnesota's a very good team. Um, and it's going to be on Thanksgiving. So I was like immediately like, all right, I'm going to watch that. I know you're going to be a bunch around, about, around a bunch of family. And when we're family and we're watching the Patriots, they like to – even though they're all Patriots fans, they like to harass me a little bit. They're like, oh, yeah, you said this team was good, or you said this, or you said that, because we'll, we'll talk football beforehand, and if it's not going the way I think it's going to go, you know, now they're on my ass. So I think that, plus Thanksgiving, it's going to be a fun night. I think that'll be good. I also looked for the Buffalo games, because as much as I try to be a mature Patriots fan, and not, you know, it's just one loss, you don't overreact to anything, uh, they beat the shit out of us in, um, in that, in that uh, playoff game. And I was just like, you know what? When do we when do we get to give it back? Because I do think the Patriots, um, I think the Bills are clearly a better team. Like, uh, I think they're clearly one of the best teams in the league. I think they're um, probably one of the top five teams in the league, maybe even top three. But I think that the Patriots can split with them. And so I looked yeah. for the first, you know, what's the first Buffalo game? Because for as good as they were last year, I think people seem to forget that. Like, right near the middle there, they um they looked like hot ass and. You know, it, it it all at the end of the Patriots. And then they went, you know, they went wire to wire with the um with the Chiefs. But I think people seem to forget that in the middle there, they played a lot of stinkers. Even that last game they played um against the Jets for three quarters, it looked like ass. You know, so it's like I I think they're a clearly better team. I don't think they are some unbeatable juggernaut. So I, I looked for that game immediately, just because it also you know stops all of the nonsense on Twitter. Because Bills fans, I mean, God bless them, but holy shit, they have not shut up. And I'm like. They're like, yeah, we beat them by 30. It was great. And I'm like, yeah, but you, then you went next week and you lost after you had the lead with 13 seconds to go. Like, what are we, what are we talking about? If, if you're like, you know, if, and they love to say the Patriots are irrelevant. No one cares about the Patriots anymore or whatever. Well, if that's the case, then why are we like hyping up the fact that we beat them by 30? You said they were bad. You beat them by 30? Because we live rent free in their heads. Yes, that is correct. That is absolutely correct. And they want that. Uh, they want that sweet revenge. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, I think the Patriots will split. I looked for that game to begin with. I know a lot of people have the Raiders game circled. Um, whatever. It's on Sunday night, so like that's cool. But I don't really. Whatever. Like the whole Josh McDaniels. Oh, how he's gonna beat Belichick? Or he wants to beat Belichick? Whatever. Whatever. I don't. Um, I really don't think the Raiders are a very good team either. I think last year they they played well enough, but holy cow, they uh, none of their wins were like. I mean, every win's a good win, but none of their wins were convincing. Like, I didn't, didn't yeah. win a game, and I was just like, yes, this is the team. The Raiders are back, baby. Let's do it. I, it was more just like, the Raiders won because they're a decent team, but, like, whatever. I know a lot of people are really hyped for that game. Not not really for me. Um, the Packers game kind of lost its luster without Brady because it would have been, you know, Brady versus yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Now it's like, oh, Mac versus Aaron Rodgers. Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it's It'll be fine. It's a 425 game, so I'm excited for it because – I think that's the best time slot, uh, time slot for games. Um, yeah, I, I the, the rest of the games on the schedule, I, I don't really love because we play the NFC North and I don't really uh, care for that division in terms of like, I have no no feelings whatsoever. I'm just like, whatever, they play football, they're in the NFL, they, they play up there, cool. Um, and then we also play the uh, AFC North. 
And that one is another kind of whatever, like the, the one game I'm excited about in that division is with, um, you know, Baltimore. Everyone else I, I think is kind of not oh, that threatening or like they're, they're fine. You know, like, like Cleveland is fine. Um, they have, I don't think Deshaun Watson plays in that game because they play them, I, I think, in week six. Yeah, yes. I, I doubt he plays. Um, I plays in that game, so whatever, I'm going to have to watch Jacoby Brissett, you know, spray the ball all over the field. Not super jazzed about that. Um, the Bengals, I know they were the Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl participant last year. I, whatever, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I, I think they got, um, they got on a nice hot streak and kind of rode that to where they got to, but I, I'm not convinced that they're a, I'm not convinced that they're a team that you're, you're going to have to, like, watch out for. Oh my gosh, like, the rare, uh, you know, the Bengals are on the schedule. We got to, we got to watch out for the Bengals. It's more like, whatever, like, it's, it's the Bengals. Uh, you know, you watch them beat the Raiders, you watch them beat the Titans, neither of those were games where you're like, yeah, I feel real good about this team. And then they beat, you know, Kansas City after the, the atrocious Mahomes interception to start overtime. And it's kind of just like, yeah, you're just kind of lucky to be here. Not lucky because, you know, luck, and, luck doesn't really factor all that much into sports, but it's more just, you know, it's like, eh, you got a couple of bounces and you, you know, you made it happen and now you're here. But they're not a team that going forward, I'm going to look at like, oh, shit, the Bengals, we got to watch for the Bengals or anything like that. Yeah, I'm the same with Cincinnati. Like, they're still a good team. They got still a lot of good young talent, but um, I'm yeah. not like I'm not picking them to win the division. Like, if I had to pick a division no, winner for the North, no. mine's Baltimore. It's Baltimore. I I would completely yeah. agree. Yep. Yeah, just the fact too last year that even with Lamar out, they were still in games. Coaching yep. and analytics kind of cost them some games. Um, even Pittsburgh, I don't think they're going to be anything special, but I still feel like they're not going to be an easy out. I feel like like never like, are. Like a Mike, like a Mike Tomlin football team is like Bill Belichick. Like Mike Tomlin, I don't think has ever had a year under. It's either seven or eight wins. So it's just under one of those eight, things. They never had, yeah. yeah. Never under eight, exactly. And then Cleveland, yeah. we'll see. But I think the fact that if we we probably will avoid, I saw today that his lawyers expected an answer in June or July. But I think if it's anything under six or eight games, it just looks bad on the NFL. So I think he's yeah. going to get the book. He's going to get yep. the book thrown at him. I agree. But I agree. um, and also too, when you look at the dead cap money for his contract, that's fully guaranteed. Oof. But um, yeah. But no, with like with the schedule though as a whole, like yeah, like. Uh, even though I'm Canadian, I book American Thanksgiving off work to watch football. I like yeah. I do it every year. It's great. Uh, but this year with the Patriots playing on Thanksgiving too, a lot of people are going like, oh, it's not the best game. But I'm like, look, I like Big 12 football, so I feel like that's what we're going to get. You know, high-flying yeah. offense, defense, yeah. a little bit suspect. <laughs> De- defense um, optional. 35-35 at a half. Yeah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then the Bills game too, because even still how last year, I remember Bills fans were coming out and being like, they have the shirt with like the plays on the drives. Holy like, cow, oh, seven yeah. drives. That's embarrassing. And they play. I, I remember as I was like watching the end of that game and they're like on the field, they played run this town, but then they played, we are the champions. And I, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, you guys are losing. That's just, yeah. You do yeah. not piss the sports gods off like that. And yeah. play that's like, I'm a fan and I will not listen to that song come playoff time, no matter what team I'm rooting for. Yeah. Obviously look, we're both Pats fans, but we're different from other sports. That's, that's another topic for another day. But as soon as I saw that, and then there was another one where it was like um, Josh Allen was like Mac Jones, like basically Mac Jones, like basically saying Josh Allen's Mac's daddy, where I'm just like, Josh Allen's three and four all time against the New England Patriots. Yeah. Is, yeah. I, you know, it's, that's, I think that's one of the toughest things with uh, with Buffalo is the, their fan base. And then that weird, that weird, we are the champion wildcard game. I was like, that's it's a strange thing to play after a wild card game. You, I mean, you stop to go next week and play, but sure, by all means, be the champion. I think um, the worst part about the whole you know experience with Buffalo is 
I like so many of their players. I like their their team a lot. I think they have a really good head coach. I, I just think their fan base makes it so tough, um, especially being a Patriots fan. It makes it so tough to admire some of their players because then, you know, Bills fans get all extra about it. Like, it's so tough because you're like, you're watching, you're like, Josh Allen might be a top five quarterback in this league. I think we can all, you know, most people would agree yeah. that he's somewhere in that range. But somehow Bills fans will take it and just make it the most extreme. Yes, he's the greatest player to ever lace up, ever. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Now he owns Tom Brady. And I'm like, where, wait, stop it. He's a good player, but like, sl- slow it down. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? And they do that with everything, all of their players. And I'm like, man, I really like a lot of your players, but y'all just make it so tough to like root from afar because you guys are just the worst. Like I, like, I appreciate, like, Dawson Knox even, too, but it's just, like, the, the yeah. fan base, even still, like, I, I live close to Buffalo, and, like, yep. like during the last episode, we always recognized that there was the awful incident that happened there last weekend, yep. but even if you go there, no matter the time of year, like, I went to a Sabres game about a month ago, and they showed O.J. Howard on the Jumbotron, and that place erupted in that shout chant, and there's just me sitting in my seat being like, I'm in, I'm in hell right now. I'm in For O.J. Hell. Howard. For okay. OJ Howard. Sure. Hasn't even played for them, but I yeah, sure, sure. I guess it's a dedicated fan base. So it's a good it's a yeah. good fan base in that regard. They're super dedicated, they love their players, and that's that's really how you should be. It's just the interactions with uh Bill's Twitter, I guess, is yeah. what makes it tough because you're holy cow. So I I, I, I I really want that game. I really want to have like uh I need the Patriots yeah. to win that for my sanity. Exactly. I also have a take on them this year, and if I feel like if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be if not now, when kind of question, just yes. because Josh Allen's contract kicks in. I think this yep. year, that's why you go out and get Vaughn Miller, you do all that, because I think for them, they kind of know, look, if they're not this year, someone's going to walk next year, like what happened with Kansas City and Tyreek Hill. And even still, I feel like Chiefs fans are the same way, where even ESPN, where it's, oh, is Tom is Patrick going to win as much as Tom? And then I think the Chiefs fans quickly got that reality check of, hey, you can't come out here and do a little run. <laughs> not four, not five, not Man. six. No NFL fan base could do that because what Tom yep. did was special. The only yep. other thing I'll say about Bills fans was uh, so I, I go to Buffalo often because it's so close. So I like Target, Trader Joe's, etc. All this, yeah. all the shops we can't get up here. And I was there on the same weekend when they were playing the Bucks, and yeah. I saw. A man viciously, aggressively shout "Go Bills!" at the cashier. Was like, "Have a good day, Go Bills!" Okay, thank you. Have a good day, Go Bills! I'm just like, okay, you okay. Know, I, I respect the dedication, <laughs> but like, and even still, I drove by the stadium and uh, the same thing too. My fiance asked me, she's like, "Do you want to go in the team store?" And I'll be like, "I'll burn in flames if I walk in that building. Store. I will burn." <laughs> They're gonna know right away. You do not belong here, sir. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah, and then the only other game I have circled, which I don't understand why is primetime, is our game against the Bears on Monday Night Football. I'm sorry, yeah. NFL fans. I'm sorry for that. I don't know why. Yeah, but... that's that's weird. I, I know they're probably going to market it as like a, you know, they Boston, were in the same Chicago. draft class. No, yeah. I think it'll be just like the same draft class. It's going to be Justin Mack, who's, you know, better second-year player or whatever. Um, I also think that that's just their excuse to get the Bears in primetime. Yeah. Because, I mean – the Bears sell. I mean, they have the right Bears in prime. I remember, I think it was two years ago, they had the Bears in prime time like three weeks in a row, and I was like, "This is gross," because um, no one watched the watch the Bears. Uh, but it, I, I guess they the Bears sell because they're such a story franchise, um, and you needed someone. They need to play someone, so we got uh, the Patriots got saddled with that, and so they're gonna play the Bills. Let's play the Bears on on Monday night, and I don't know about you, but uh, can't wait to not watch that one. I mean, I will watch it, but holy cow, that is. Talk about a matchup that that has the potential to be incredibly boring. 
It does. There's another one. I got to look at my phone. Oh, yes. Also, to the week before we play, week six. Here's one that's incredibly boring. I'll probably still end up watching it. But it's week six against the Commanders. You have the Bears and the Commanders yeah. on Thursday Night Football. Oh, which, my gosh. That is tough. That is a tough, tough watch. <laughs> and then I also feel like with the Bears, too, they always purposely put them on primetime. Like, it's like how we always get Giants-Cowboys in primetime. You're Holy always going to get yeah. Bears-Packers, Bears, which it's in Lambeau, Sunday Night Football. I don't know if you're a gambling man. I like to gamble on the NFL. I yeah. will put all my money on Aaron Rodgers to win that game because look, I, I you know, think uh, I think he has a shot. He has a shot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's a good <laughs> shot. <laughs> uh, but switching gears back to the Patriots, though, if you had to look right now, obviously, look, it's May twenty second. Let me double check. Yes, it is the twenty second of May. <laughs> if you had to go right now and say where, like, not an exact record, but like a ceiling to a floor ratio, where would you put it for how you think this team can finish? I think they can get as high as eleven. Um, I can, I, I just a quick, quick look. Um, I'm not going to predict any of the games, but I'm looking at like you, know, you start you know, Miami, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Green Bay. Realistically, you can probably end that three and one. The next, you know, next set of four: Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, New York. I think that it's it's not even out of the realm of possibility to sweep that series right there. So that's another four. You're looking at we're already looking at seven: Indianapolis, New York, Minnesota, Buffalo. I think two and two there. We're now up to nine. And then, you know, down down the stretch, Arizona, Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami, and the Bills. I get, you see, you can see the path to, you know, 11 wins there. I think floor-wise, you're, I don't think the team is – I think the team is much younger than it was last year. I don't know that it's necessarily less talented um, because last year's team was talented in name. I think a lot of their players were on the, on the older side, and they just weren't as explosive as I think they will be this year because they've gotten much better. Faster. That was their entire mission in the draft. Let's get tougher. Let's get faster. And I would say that they did that, you know, you know, they passed that with flying colors. So I think when you look at it, I, I think the floor is probably nine wins, but I can, I can see a path to 11 right there. And I'm the same way. I, I think mine is like eight and nine, but then 11 and six is realistic. Like a lot of people right now are going, Oh, but this team got worse. No, I think, look, they got younger. They got faster. That's what they wanted to do. They're going to coach. The defense is going to get coached the right way. Steve yeah. Belichick's going to be doing his tongue thing on the sidelines in the pouring rain at some point <laughs> this year. Um, but as an all, you don't like, I don't think any Patriots fans going to scream this year saying, we're going to Phoenix, we're going to Phoenix, even though right. I guess it was in the right. last two Phoenix Super Bowls. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, you're just not saying, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's what's happened. But, um, this is a team that's going to be competitive. They're going to be in the playoff picture. I know everyone looks at the AFC West and goes all goo goo gaga for it, but like, yeah. I've been saying this since March. One of those teams is going to win less than nine games. Well, yeah, one, one of those, those teams, teams is going to be terrible. One of those teams is going to be terrible. It just happens. There's no yep. – I don't think there's ever been an NFL division where every team's had a winning record. I know we're all excited for those games, but yeah. one of those teams is going to be a disappointment. When they get off to a slow start, it's going to be, oh, they did all this wrong. What's going on here? Yada, yada, yada. If you're ESPN, you want a hot take? Would you like sure. a hot take? I think yeah. that team is probably going to be um, LA. I think the Chargers. I think they're uh, a team that – for whatever reason, I, you look at them on paper and you're like, this team is amazing. And then you watch them play and you're like, there's no way this is the same team with all these players. I think they're just, they're just prone to just let down, man. This past season, oh, come on. They just find ways to shoot. Like, I, I have a soft spot for, I like Justin Herbert, but I feel like yes, they find. same, same. They, they find, and also not the fact, too, that we're 2-0 against him. But it's, 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 it's not <laughs> our fault. Games. He played terrible. Just, oh. yeah. Adrian Phillips pick six. Um, yeah. <laughs> but with the Chargers, though, like, yeah, like I got a soft spot for Herbert. I think he's good. But I think that's going to be one of those teams where everyone – I think their fans – and I actually had a – like, you, you watched. I had the Chargers 
Chargers go on recently. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of them, they're expecting big, but there's going to be one of those teams to kind of falter. It wouldn't surprise me if it's them because they always find a new way to shoot themselves in the foot. Oh, Hell, my look gosh. At, look at 2006. They they yeah. were the best team in that, football. They should have won. Yep. Should have won. Guess, guess who beat them in the divisional round? Yep. Yep. Um, Tom Brady just has their number for some reason. Um, and then even with mine, mine is Vegas just because I know they have some players, but I just – can't buy him to Derek Carr. Raider, there's some Raider fans trying to drive yeah. the narrative that he's that he's yeah. top ten. I still have top him 10 in that. In like, what? That's the thing. Like they're trying to say, Yeah, there's no way. There's no. simply no. Way. Oh wow, that is no. okay. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's some of them that think that he's top ten for me. And also, too, I think it's just the whole Devonte Adams because I feel like the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase narrative really is driving like college receivers can play oh, with the yeah. quarterbacks, but. They haven't played together in nine years. That's the other yeah. thing, too. It's not like Burrow and Chase went a year without playing without each other. Right. They're a lot younger. For me, it's just the Derek Carr thing's there, and they also think Max Crosby's – like, he's a great – he's a good defensive end, but he's in, like – I think they try to hype their players up more than they should with the Raiders. But yeah. And then everyone kind of is selling low on the Broncos, but I think the Broncos can be competitive, and then we'll, we'll see what Kansas City. But I, Yeah, I think the I think, Broncos – I think they're. I think they they will compete for the division title. I think they're a better team because uh, I I've loved their draft classes for like three straight years, and yep. every year they've had you know nothing at quarterback, so it looked you know uh, the product looked terrible. I think though they have a lot of really good players. I think they have good coaching staff, and it's like all right, cool. I think they, they contend for that division. I, 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 I'm I, the same. I'm knowing I that one of those teams was going to underachieve. I never even considered the Broncos. I'm like. I can see the Chiefs doing it. I can see, you know, the Raiders doing it. And I definitely think the Chargers can underachieve. But I, at no point did the, the Broncos could. I think they, I think they're like firmly in the conversation. You know what I think the Broncos are? I think they're going to be like you know those years like 2014 when the Patriots went two and two, and then they'd like kind of just get a roll. Yeah, like, October, November. Yep. I think yeah. that's going to be the Broncos. I think if the Broncos lose a couple of games at the beginning of the year where everyone's like, or Russ looks bad, especially with the new coach and everything like that, yeah. I feel like that could happen. But then. They're gonna find. They're gonna basically like kind of tinker with that gas pedal, and then they find the gas pedal and they just floor it. I, yeah, like this I, is yeah, a football I think team. They're gonna be the team. I think they'll they'll win double digits, especially since last year they won seven. That's asking them to win yeah. what three more games. Yeah, with, with, a, with a significant upgrade at quarterback. I think I think the uh, the Broncos are gonna be the team. I was never a Drew Lock guy. The only loss for them that I didn't like was trading Noah Fant to Seattle. I feel yeah, like I didn't like that tight end is their weak spot. Yep, and they probably have upward O, and I'm like, mm, whatever. Like, I think Noah Fant's a much better player. Yeah, and then with the South, um, look, you have, like, it's like the both Souths are the same. I feel like in the NFC, you have Tampa and New Orleans who are going to be, like, I, I think Tampa still wins a division, but I feel like New Orleans isn't just yeah. a team to kind of wash a wall, like, push off to the side. I still feel like yeah. they're going to They're going to be in that playoff line. But then you have the other two teams that are just terrible, terrible. Matt yeah, Rule's think, my coach already. That's going to get fired. Holy cow! He needs to. Yeah, he needs to go. I, he needs to be fired before the end of the preseason. Because my goodness, uh, talk about a guy who's just standing around out there, just just lost, <laughs> lost the seat. Um, I think yeah. the uh, the Panthers will probably finish third. I think Atlanta is in contention for the number one overall overall pick. Because holy cow, talk about a a terrible roster that got worse. Um, I, I don't think like, oh, maybe maybe you'll do something with Marcus Mariota. I, Really, I think Marcus Mario is going to seal the deal and get you that first overall pick, but that's just my opinion. Same. And then with the AFC, look, I I, I I buy into the Colts just because I think Matt Ryan with a bolstered offensive line can make stuff happen, and Jonathan Taylor is my RB1 for fantasy. Yeah. But yeah. the seat. I, you know, it's Indy. It's, it's every year, it's, you know, watch out for Indy, watch out for Indy. Ever since, um, you know, Frank Wright got there, everyone's like, watch out for the for Indy. And I 
whatever. I, I don't see any. I don't see them as a team that I'm like, oh man, we gotta watch out for Indy because I think offensively they have some players. I like Michael Pittman. Obviously, Same. you know Jonathan Taylor, very good player, and I love their O line. I think Ryan Kelly's one of the best centers in the league. Um, and not enough people are talking about him. And no, I'm not just being biased, but he's a good player. Um, but defensively, I, I just they have Darius Leonard. I don't really like any of their corners, and that includes Kenny Moore. He's fine. Um, I don't think their pass rush is really all that good. And Quiddy Pace, uh, Pace is going, to, going to be better this year than he was last year. Um, but other than that, I'm like, eh. Uh, DeForest Buckner's fine. He can't do it all by himself, though, so you, you kind of got to get him someone else there. Um, and then on the back end, their safety is whatever. But they're a fine team. I, I, I don't buy, but they're a fine team. No, those are going to be the division winners going to be at best 10-7. and seven. That's mm-hmm. what's going to happen there. Um, they did get Yannick Ngakwe in that trade from the Raiders, but Ngakwe's yeah, not I, like a top – no, and in fact, he was a liability down the stretch last year. I think not enough people um, talked about that because he played for the Raiders. But uh, he was he was atrocious. He was one of the worst defensive ends in football uh, down the last three four games of the year. And I'm like, holy cow! And then uh, Houston and Jacksonville, obviously. Look, there's there's yeah. there. there's still there's still works in no. progress. Davis We're Mills, rebuilding. I think. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Davis Mills can be maybe if he can be like not completely horrible. Maybe they can steal yeah. a game or two, like the game last year with us, which we I still don't know how that happened. But yeah. when you mentioned the team <laughs> who was the team you mentioned earlier? The Colts. Do you remember twenty eighteen when they tried to convince us that the rivalry was back on with the Patriots and we won yes, on after, Thursday night football? Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, they came was up the first there and they game played like ass. 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we won yeah. like thirty Yeah, Brady just dominated them with Josh Gordon. And then even the it goes back to tw- like twenty fifteen to flake game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like the thing I always love to point out about that is when the balls apparently were properly inflated, we outscored them and won forty-five to seven. It was we right. scored them thirty-one to nothing in the second half. It was pretty good. Nate yeah. with a Nate Solder touchdown. <laughs> yes, and he. Yes. I still, I still. Whenever I see that, I'm like, I don't think he got in the end zone, but like, it's the playoffs. It's you know, he's a no lineman. Let him, let him happen. Let it happen. That's like I watched recently on that Tom Brady Twitter account, the uh, Dan Connolly kickoff against Green Bay. Oh my! Oh, it's still one of my absolute favorites. Oh, like, and I. I love Chris Collinsworth on the call when um when when, Chris, when Dan Tomley he cuts back and he said oh my god and it was just he had a lane and I'm like oh this is gross <laughs> love that game one of my all time favorites same that's one of my all time favorite games too I know Packer fans were pissed off because Aaron Rodgers didn't play in that game yeah but... and it was the Matt Flynn game and he and Matt Flynn played well you know like, I think that's I think a lot of people soured on him after that I, I think he played well in in that game um, but the Seahawks. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, I like that one. Yeah, the, and they the put him. No, they paid him that. They gave him that huge bag, and then um, promptly benched him, which was the correct call on their part. But man, talk about stones it takes to go ahead and bench the guy you just paid all that money. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, even this year, Cleveland, they're unfortunately gonna have to bench the guy that they just signed. They paid all the money. That. Yep. yep. That's unfortunately off-field issues, and like, I don't like to go into detail about that here, just because, like, look, I'll let the justice system. Ride that out. out. Yeah, we'll let it play out in the courts before we talk about it from a field perspective. Um, before we head out of here today, I just wanted to ask you guys: Is there anything you want to add? Anything else you want to talk about today on the show? And also, if you, I'm going to give you a couple seconds. If people don't know exactly where to find you online, or if they want to follow you, where can they find that information? If you want to follow me, you can go ahead and follow me at Patriots POV. how spelled um i talk i talk football there sometimes i'll also like you know post memes and then things of that sort but it's most I, I mostly keep it football over there 
Um, if you want to follow me for non-football things, I like I'm, I'm into pop culture and video games and that sort. You can follow over at Nice uh, Nice ENT Group. Um, it's a collection of my friends and I. We do a podcast every Monday, and then we also have um, the podcast called the Beam Me Up Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/NiceGamingENT. You can find follow us over there for non-football related things. But for football things, go ahead and find me on Patriots POV. Um, I know I can be super annoying because I. Uh, I, I, I can be I can be pretty sarcastic, but it's it's all in good fun. And um, you also find me as that person who's always tweeting out like, "Hey, don't don't overreact. Hey, let's not overreact." Because I think football makes people emotional. I think it's an emotional game. I think it's fans emotional as well. And so people you know spout things off without thinking too much, like too critically about what's going on. So if you ever find yourself like super frustrated during a game, just like breathe for a second, or just go ahead and check out Patriots POV because chances are I'm either uh, making fun of the game, like like we did for the Bills game, or I'm, you know, pointing out the things that are actually happening and not what we just feel is happening. Because a lot of times when uh, the Patriots are in a game and they're not playing super great or you know, things aren't going well scoreboard wise, I think a lot of people start thinking they see things. They're like, oh, this is happening because of this. And it's like, well, no, that's not actually what's happening. It's sort of that stuff. So I like to think sometimes I'm a voice of reason, an annoying voice of reason. Voice of reason. I was the same way with the Patriots game. Like, at, at, by the time half rolled around, I'm like, you know what? We're not going to win this game. I'm just going to no. enjoy it because I know we're not going to see these guys again for eight yeah. months. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy them. I'm going to enjoy this. Just watching my watching my guys play. And then yep. I know, look, September 11th is fastly approaching. So it's all we all just got to wait and see oh, what happens. Good. But yeah, it's all good. <laughs> It sucks yep. that right now we're. It sucks that as the weather gets nicer, we're in like the brunt of the off. Like we're that's when the brunt of the off yeah, truly is. That's where it gets real dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd like to say, unfortunately, this is the time of year that if you're in the news, it's either because you just signed a new contract or you did something or, stupid off the field. Yeah. Yep. Now you're in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. And then even I love your just analyst of how football is emotional because like right now I know you're dealing with the Celtics Eastern Conference Finals run yes, and everything like that's that. Tough. The result that's, the result yeah. last night was tough, but. I feel like with Ooh, like that, ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with I didn't I didn't get to see the game unfortunately because like I was messaged this morning and I my TV and internet was out. We had a bit of a bad storm here yesterday. But uh-huh. um but with those sports, I feel like yes, it's emotional, but it's not like as emotional. Like I was like the same way yeah. with Yeah, like with me. I, I got to experience championship glory three years ago, but ever since then it's been kind of a rocky road with my, yeah. with my Raptors. But still, like I still remember that year where if they lost the game, it's not like the end all be all. Meanwhile, football, yeah. yes, it is different, but I feel like for a lot of fans, if you lose one game, that's when panic starts to set in. So yeah. if the Bills do that, think about this. The Ravens play the the Jets play the Ravens, will probably beat Miami, and the Rams could beat the Bills. So if we're one and zero to start week one, we get to be annoying and we get to just laugh. Yeah, like, guess who's back in first, baby? <laughs> always a good time. Always a good time. Especially because some people take way more seriously than you intend to. You're like, bro, I'm just joking. They're like, it's just one week. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's that's kind of the point. That, that's the joke. You know. That was like today. There's a guy on Twitter. I don't know if you know his name. His name. That's uh, a uh, Patriots fan. His name's Connor. A common commentary. I think is his handle. And he basically was posting about how James Cook looked pissed off to be a bill. And I'm just like, that. he realizes he has to fake Matt, Matt Judon twice a year. And I was tweeting stuff like Cole Strange, Veers Von Miller. And some guy's like, you can't believe that. And I'm like, I want to be like, dude, I'm being satirical. Like, it's like we're joking. It's, it's mad. Yeah. There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Someone sees me. You can't actually believe that Von Miller is going to get dominated by Cole Strange. And I'm like, no, I just like to make jokes and have fun. Because yeah, that's the one thing well, I realize. Yep. If you can have fun with football, it just makes it that much better. That being yes. said, I'll still be an yes. emotional wreck watching games, but if you oh, can make course, fun but of the offseason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in the Bills game, I realized, look, there's that's like you're at that point where you realize, look, there's more things important. Like 
they lost, they got their ass kicked. Yeah, but I'm still going to wake up the next day and I'm going to do me. And I still sat on my couch and watched football for yep. 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think uh, just don't just don't ride the roller coaster too far, uh, too far in either direction. If you find that you're watching a game and, you know, you're like physically feeling hot about it, turn it off. It's really not worth it. Or, and this is more for the off season. If you find yourself embroiled in a Twitter beef um, online with like different, you know, different team, whatever, like close out the internet. It's really not at all that serious. We're all just fans of sports talking sports online. If you're, if you're raging over it, you're doing too much. And what did you do a couple weeks ago where you just logged off Twitter and you went somewhere? Uh, yeah, right after uh, the Patriots took uh, Cole Strange, uh, you know, I went over to California, spent the week in Disneyland because uh, chilling with Goofy was better than chilling, chilling with Goofy's online. So that was the time. <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to call it Strange with but I think I have to call it chilling with Goofy's just because of that <laughs> signature tweet. Just because of that. Love it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, folks, that's going to wrap it up here for episode number 169 of YWC Football Talk. We're always sponsored here by BetStamp for the best betting odds to shop on any sports book. Download BetStamp app, link in bio. But anyway, guys, just keep enjoying the offseason, and just remember, it's just a game. Have it's a just a game. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.